I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters. Topic of the week is sink or float. Hinny. Hello listeners, I'm Rhea and I'm arguing that Hinny should sink. And I'm Jem and I think we should keep Hinny afloat. Okay, hey listeners, so we're continuing our sink or float mini-series. I'll go through our usual intro that we do it every single time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In these episodes we look at popular ships in the Harry Potter fandom and argue whether they should sink or keep floating. This is the ninth sink or float we've done and honestly it will probably be the last one we ever do. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to the rest of the Sink or Float episodes, we've talked about Wolfstar, Drarry, Harmony, Romine, Remadora, Scorbus, Snilly, and Jilly. We recommend checking those ones out. This time, last but certainly not least, we are looking at Hinny, which is the Harry Potter slash Ginny Weasley relationship. We're ending this series on a bang, the protagonist's <laughs> romantic endgame. <laughs> As always, this is just for fun. Everyone can ship whatever they like, and no ship is better or more valid than any other. Fandom is just for fun, and the only reason we do this series is because it's fun. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Now we've got that out of the way. What do you think about Hinny? Well, first we need to talk about are they straight? Or are they attracted to the opposite gender? Yeah. Are they straight or, you know, into each other? No, wait. Are they straight or are they attracted to each other as two separate questions? Yeah, yeah. So So this is on you. You have to prove they're straight. I don't. (laughs) Well, we've established before that Harry is bisexual. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I've argued by Harry. We're very passionate about this. I I think, yep, Harry can be attracted to women, men, other genders. Ginny, mm-hmm. I well, she has a history of dating boys, but I think she also mm-hmm. could be, you know, interested in women. I think that, like, mm-hmm. you know, she just has the vibe that, like, she's just interested in people and their personalities rather than, you know, genders, I, I would think. Yeah, I've written down, I don't have a strong argument for this other than I think it's great when women are bi. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, absolute iconic if it's two bi's dating, I think. Yeah. <laughs> She plays so. on that all-female Quidditch team, Hollyhead Harpies. That's big queer energy. That is queer, yeah. <laughs> also, just, like, generally the way that she performs femininity. Like, Ginny and gender is something that I'm interested in. You know, with the six mm-hmm. older brothers, and then it's like, well, do you either go the big tomboy thing, or do you go the high femme thing? Both ways mm. are interesting. And I think she kind of meets it in the middle. Yeah, I think so. I think she's, I think she's also quite protective of girls and women. Mm. I just get that vibe from her. I think she's a feminist and I'm just, I think, I think, you know, she's a feminist, but she's still learning. She's a kid for the most time. Yeah. We see her. Uh, yeah. She's um, so young. So yeah, I think she's an interesting case. And yeah, I would say that they're both, they could be interested in men or women or any genders. So they could be attracted to each other is what I'm saying. How many times have we been like, okay, we need to discuss if they're straight. <laughs> and then we immediately are like, they're both bisexual. <laughs> 
I think the only time we didn't is maybe Snilly and Snilly Jilly. and Jilly. We're like, no, they're straight. Yeah. <laughs> the only time is when they have such big straight energy that we're like, they couldn't possibly be bisexual. <laughs> but like, honestly, this podcast is just like buy for buy rights. <laughs> Or maybe, depending on the ship, buy for buy wrongs. I would argue this is a buy for buy wrong. Oh, wow, here we go. <laughs> I just want to st- say before we start, canonically, like, real-life gem, I'm not kind of neutral on Harry and Ginny. I, mm. I, I don't really... I mean, I think it's cool, I think it's fun, but I'm not, like, hugely invested in their relationship. But I'm also not hugely against it, if that makes sense, so... Yeah. yeah. I I would say that in the context of the series, like in context of canon, I think that Ginny is a great match for Harry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think their relationship could have been executed better on the page, but JK is not great for writing romantic relationships. So, like, yeah, I like that they end up together. I think there's better options. And in terms of fandom, I don't ship Hinny. I ship other things with mm. other things. I ship other people with Harry over Ginny, but I don't hate it. I think they're fine. Mm, okay. Anyway, time to get into why I hate this. <laughs> right. So my first point, Harry and Ginny work together well because they've both crushed on oh, each okay. other. Okay, are you not going to do, are they attracted to each other? Oh, well, sure, let's go with that. Are they attracted to each other? Yes, I think canonically, yes. <laughs> so we have mm. um, Ginny has been interested in Harry and his physical looks, I guess, from when she's a, like, a kid. And yeah, his eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. toad. Yep, yep, we're, we're all familiar. Um, yeah. And I think... Certainly, Harry develops an attraction attraction to Ginny when he's older, when 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 she's older as well. So mm-hmm. in his sixth year, he refers to his sort of, I guess I hate to say it, lust <laughs> as like <laughs> a monster rearing its head inside of him. That's big straight guy energy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because also like you know, he's known Ginny in different contexts, and so it's a bit new for him, and it's, mm. and also maybe he's like not wanting to upset his relationship with Ron by, like, crushing on Ron's sister. So I think there's a lot of... There's different pressures for him to not be attracted to Ginny, but he is still attracted to Ginny, if that yeah, makes it's, sense. It's so very... it's something that he's trying to demonise himself, to be like, I shouldn't be feeling this way about Ginny because I don't want to ruin my friendship with Ron. That's big queer energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's very yeah. interesting that, like, a large portion of Harry's... I guess feelings towards Ginny are like seen through the lens of how will this affect my relationship with Ron? Yeah. <laughs> There's that dynamic That's fascinating. <laughs> okay. But it makes sense. This comes up in like pop culture all the time. It's the Chandler being Ross Geller, Monica like, Geller thing, right? Yeah. Like, my best friend and my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my best friend and my sister. My sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro code. Okay. Is that your evidence for them being attracted to each other? Yeah, I think there's a, there's plenty of evidence, especially in the sixth book, to show that they're physically and romantically attracted to each other. Okay. Like, I thought you would say that. something about the love potion and Harry getting Ginny's scent. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even cool. think of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Harry picked up Ginny's scent in the love potion. God, I'll just fucking argue your case for you, shall I? And then refute it. <laughs> Look, I just forgot that happened. All right. <laughs> Cool. Well, I wanted you to mention that because it leads into one of my counter arguments, which is that there's a whole theory that Ginny was dosing Harry with a love potion. In oh sixth my book. god! It's called that's, the love potion that's crazy. theory. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Neither do I, but I want to say it anyway. So, sure. yeah, there's a whole theory that like love potions are so important in the sixth book. There's the whole thing about Voldemort's backstory. There's the 
like the yeah. thing about a bunch Ron of Ron stuff. get poisoned. People are trying to dose Harry. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. And a lot of people thought, well, Harry's sudden, seemingly inexplicable attraction to Ginny, which just comes out of nowhere. And he describes it as like a monster in his chest and it's overwhelming. It's like, oh, she was dosing him with love potion. And that's why he falls for her seemingly out of nowhere. And why all of his attraction to her kind of seems to go away in seventh book where he's just focused on other things. I disagree. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree. I think the way that Harry is described is very different to how someone who's being dosed with love potion is described. (laughs) Like he just acts completely differently. He has his own sense over his mind and stuff like that. He, there's times where he's like trying to suppress his attraction to Ginny because he doesn't want to ruin his relationship with Ron Mm -hmm. as I've established. This is not someone who's behaving like they've been dosed with love yeah. potion. This is just someone who is trying to keep the peace in their friendships. Someone who's also maybe a little bit dumb <laughs> and hasn't picked up on someone's vibes until a certain point. And also someone that just has other priorities in their life. Very important priorities, like life or death stuff. Yeah, he's so. quite respectful of like Dean Thomas being in a relationship with Ginny and not being like, well, she should be with me and like trying to swoop yeah. in and steal her from him. The only time he ever feels like that is when he walks in and they're making out. And of course, like his reaction is, I hate Dean and I want to curse him <laughs> because he wants that to be him. Yeah, but he doesn't act <laughs> yeah. on that impulse. Whereas I think if no, he was dosed with a love potion, he would because he wouldn't have yeah, that exactly. control. Exactly. Mm. Harry definitely has control over his own mind during the sixth book. Yeah. <laughs> so it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Anyway. Not to mention the fact that Ginny would never do that to someone. Yeah. I think. It's a fun thing to do. Anyway. Given the fact that with her own personal history of being mind controlled, I don't think that she would do that to anyone. Exactly. Especially because <laughs> a love potion isn't a one-time thing. You have to administer it over, like, repeatedly, over a course of yeah, time. She would have had to be dosing him. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, like that long, cold, calculated plan. Like, that's not something that Ginny could do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that theory up because it's very popular amongst anti-Hinny shippers and I wanted to give you the chance Yikes. to refute it. Yikes. Time for my yeah. real argument. <laughs> should, should you go first or should I go first? No, this I think... is for are they attracted to each other? Oh, right. Are they attracted? Sure. Yeah, yeah. let's go. So I think that in terms of Harry and Ginny's attraction to each other, both of them are more attracted to the idea of the other person than the actual other person. Okay, continue. So, Ginny, I'll start with Ginny. We've said this before, Ginny has a crush on Harry from a young age, and it's not because of who Harry is as a person, it's because of what he is. He's the hero who conquered the Dark Lord. Sure, when she's 11, 12, sure. Yeah, he's the Wizarding World's most famous and special boy, the closest thing she has to a pop star or a teenage heartthrob. We've said before, like, if there were posters of Harry, Ginny's room would be covered in them. Yeah, yeah. That's fucked. (laughs) Okay. That's when she's a kid, though. Like, I think that certainly that's where it started. But I think she actually knows him. She got to know him. <laughs> it's not like... <laughs> and also, like, your, your argument, like, oh, they're not into each other. They're into the idea of each other. Yeah, that's how crushes start. That's how most crushes, like, that's where they begin, right? Like, especially mm. in school, you're into the idea of a person. And then you get to know them and either maybe that crush for them evaporates. You're like, oh, actually, they're not what I thought. Or maybe if you do get to know them better... Your, your crush actually grows into something where it's like, oh, I'm actually interested in the person now, <laughs> you know? And I think that's definitely what happened with these two. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Ginny, obviously when she's like a young child, so I'm going to say ages t- 
to 11, sorry, 10 to maybe 12, 13. Yeah, 10 to 13 would be accurate to the timing of the series. She's still got a crush on him in book four. She just doesn't run out of the room every time he's there like she was in book three and two. I think she definitely still has a crush on this idea of him. But then from that age onwards, she actually starts to get to know him better Mm -hmm. rather than just like as my brother's best friend, who's also this amazing famous guy who saved her from certain death who saved her from certain death i think also like through acts of like joining dumbledore's army and getting to know him better through that things like um the moment that they shared the moments that they've shared throughout books five and six so like both of them having the connection of being controlled by voldemort and working through that together moments like when harry is feeling particularly down and isn't able to do quidditch and he has, feels like he has no one to talk to and he's in a bit of rage and Ginny meets him in the library and gives him an Easter egg and chats to him and makes him feel better and mm. he realises that he needs to reach out to Sirius. That is one of the good Ginny moments. Yeah, there's several moments throughout that where I think that like this isn't a this isn't like an example of people or a person looking at another person and seeing just their imagination of who that person is, right? This is like person to person, genuine connection, trying to help another person, trying to learn who they actually are. I don't think, I think maybe it started in that place for, for definitely for Ginny and definitely for Harry too. Like, you know, he has this idea of who Ginny is when the, from the moment he meets her. It's Ron's innocent little sister, it, and another one of the boys, another one of the Weasley family. <laughs> but then it evolves into, oh, she's like this really cool, charming, witty girl. And then it evolves into the actual Ginny that he knows, who's more complicated than that, when she becomes his girlfriend and they get to know each other better. So I think... Yes, you make the point that, like, they have these visions of each other, but I think those evolve into them actually getting to know each other on a more personal level. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's bad to say that, like, having a crush on someone is having a crush on the idea of them, especially if that's at first. If that's the only thing that persists throughout the entire relationship, then yes, that's bad. That's bad. But I don't think that's what happens. Mm, I think I can make an argument that it persists throughout the entire relationship. But yeah, I do want to focus on the fact that like, that's absolutely what you're like, maybe that's where it started. It absolutely is where it started for oh, Ginny. Yeah. It's t- yeah. completely. Absolutely where it is for Ginny. Yeah, she's yeah, got yeah, a crush yeah. on the boy who lived, who she doesn't know, has never spoken to, can't stand to be in the same room as him for years. Because yeah. she has to, Embarrassing. She has to run away from him. <laughs> and it's like, I've never really been one for crushes on celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that the appeal is that it's, safe because it's a fantasy like the Mm -hmm. vision the version of the celebrity that you know is fake and a construction to be marketable it's not exactly the same as with harry but you know yeah like the version of harry that Ginny likes is perfect and desirable and easy to imagine a relationship but it's not real Mm -hmm. and like from Ginny's perspective like imagine she's a massive fan of justin bieber and i'm sorry my references are so old i don't know who (laughs) tweens are currently in love with (laughs) Sure. <laughs> Let's say she has a she's a big crush on Justin Bieber, and then Justin Bieber befriends her brother, and she meets him in real life. And then when she's fifteen, they start dating, and then later they get married. That's insane, <laughs> and it sucks. But I I also think it's not an exact one to one, and I know you're not saying it's an exact one to one, but like okay, for the example of like a celebrity like Justin Bieber, like people, it, it I can see why people can have crushes on the idea of a celebrity or the idea of a mm. celebrity because celebrities are remarkable products right they, they yeah. have interviews they have books written about them and they have mm. maybe albums they put out that share secrets about their life or whatever yeah promotional material like about yeah. themselves the product so people can create an 
a construction of the character of this person. And it mightn't be real, but it's something that people can attach to and relate to. Harry is not that kind of celebrity, right? So he, but he survived... Is. But he's not, okay? So yeah, he survived... No, let, me, let me finish what I'm Harry. talking about. Okay, fine. <laughs> so he survived a traumatic event, and that puts him to a celebrity status, which is, first of all, weird as fuck, okay? Mm. So everyone has an idea that he's super powerful. That's where a lot of the books and stuff are talking about, that he's this powerful wizard, okay? And I know power equals... Like, I know magical prowess equals power in a societal context, sure. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same, like, okay, so imagine I'm a little girl gem wizard, and I'm, and I've, yeah. and I've got the kind of vibe where I'm, like, really into boy bands or whatever. So I, mm-hmm. I love my One Directions, I love my Five Seconds of Summer, and then I pick up a book that's written about Harry Potter, the boy who lived. It's not written, like, Harry's favourite time is walking on the beach, and <laughs> Harry's favourite <laughs> colour is aquamarine. It's like... Harry Potter's family was killed tragically by Voldemort and he is the sole survivor and he must have amazing magical powers. It's not the same, okay? You're not getting to know this idea of a person. It's a legend. It's a myth. So it's like... But it is the it's same. It's not the same. Like, it's not like Harry's no, going is. to magazines and being like, my favourite album is this. Like, it's just not... Okay, not... That happens in the fucking book. Not that exactly. But, like, there's that fake interview with Rita Skeeter where it's like, oh, my eyes glistening with tears of his forgotten past. Yeah, I do everything for my parents because I love them so sure, much yeah. and I'm such a tragic, hero- uh, heroic figure, blah, blah, blah. Like, there is that fake version of Harry that exists in the public consciousness. But Ginny doesn't... Because that was written when Harry's 14, so Ginny was 13 at that time. And I think at that 13. point she knew Harry... Still crushing Still on crushing him. on him, but she knew Harry well enough that she knows that he wouldn't be... That this wasn't a genuine interview. <laughs> like, I think she'd be able to separate I don't it. think she does I, know him that well. Come on, you're, think- you're making her seem like an idiot. I think she's literally lived no. with Harry at that point. <laughs> For, like, years. Like, he has lived at her house every summer, basically. They've gone to the Quidditch World Cup together. He saved her life personally before. Like, I just think that she'd be able to separate this, what's written in by Rita Skeeter's interview, to the boy that she hangs out with on a semi-regular basis. I think that that's kind of giving her little credit to be able to separate that. <laughs> I think that she's getting to the point where she's able to separate that at the end of fourth year, when she's, like, 14. You're forgetting what it's like to be 13. <laughs> and also this like hanging out with on a semi-regular basis no i just said she runs out of the room every time that he's there not in fourth year. like that yeah that stops in fourth year like he's not she's not actually getting to know him until then yeah this is fourth year that this takes place and she's getting to know him at that point i don't think that this is i don't think she's reading this and being like this is a true representation of this guy i know <laughs> I just don't, I, I don't believe that. I think that's a bit far-fetched. Well, Mrs. Weasley reads it and she knows, she believes it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about this. Mrs. Weasley doesn't have critical thinking skills because of the Wizarding Worlds. <laughs> and, and Ginny is magically exempt from that. She has better critical thinking skills and media literacy than her mother, the woman who raised her. Yes. We've, why? <laughs> well, it's not necessarily because of societal and why that is. It's just because they have different personalities. Like, we can see that, like, okay, so... It comes down to the humor. <laughs> so the way that Ginny use, uses humor gives us an insight into her critical thinking skill. She is able to pick up on people's bad vibes through instinct rather than like what she reads in the papers. Okay. Mrs. Weasley has instincts about people, but she's still misled by her bad critical thinking skills. 
okay? Maybe things okay. were worse in Mrs. Weasley's day when she was being raised than they are now for Ginny. But we know that their personality types are different enough that Ginny can have better perceptions of people and societal wrongs than Mrs. Weasley can. This is just right. personality-based. <laughs> I, I still think that she's deeply invested in the fantasy of who Harry is, and that's the core of where her attraction to him lies. It's because he's the heroic figure. I think... At a younger age, maybe. Maybe if Ginny, when we, in like the second book, if she'd read that, she would have believed it. Third book, Mm -hmm. maybe. But by fourth book, I think she would have read that and been like, okay, no. (laughs) I don't think she would have read that and gotten to the stage where she would be at fifth book, where she reads that and bullies Harry for it, because she thinks it's funny. Yeah. But I think in fourth book, she's reading that and being like, this is far-fetched. No way that Harry said this. (laughs) But definitely she would be like, oh, an article about Harry, I'm reading it. But as soon as she reads it, she's like, okay, this is dumb. Like, this isn't real. Yeah, I'm still gathering all the information that I could get on my obsessive crush, (laughs) Harry Potter. But I don't believe everything I read. I think she's able to separate the perception from the reality at that stage in fourth year. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll copy that, but I still, I have more arguments based on this, but this is just the foundation (laughs) of what she's attracted to. I've already gone so... I'm so pissed off already. Okay, good. <laughs> like, you're giving us so little credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing it out. The passion. Okay, now it's time to talk about Harry. <laughs> and Can I stay a No, because I'm talking about are they attracted to each other? You get to oh your point. Oh my points. god. Okay. <laughs> so Harry, Harry's attraction to Ginny. It's the exact same problem, but opposite. <laughs> Harry is more okay. attracted to what Ginny is than who Ginny is. Except for him, Ginny isn't celebrity and heroism and a larger-than-life fantasy. Ginny is the fantasy of a normal life. Yeah, okay. Because Harry is deeply alienated from his status as a celebrity. It's a burden and a curse. He's also sure. got the orphan's lot of no family and a lonely childhood with no friends and only the pa- the family that Found hates family. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the Weasleys are his found family. Over and over again, they are his great escape from this. Them and Hogwarts. <laughs> They're his surrogate family. Every chapter at the burrow is like, this place is so warm and happy and the family's so vibrant. I feel so accepted and loved and cared for when I'm here. Over and over and over again, he's like, I wish the Weasleys were my family. I wish I could live here in their home instead of with the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. So I think a huge part of his attraction to Ginny is less about the Ginny part and more about the Weasley part. He wants to be with her because being with her is binding himself to the Weasleys and getting his dearest wish of being one of them. I just think it's Pocano Lustos, okay? I think, like, <laughs> it's... I don't think that the reason why Harry started Lost and After Ginny is, oh man, I can get that good Weasley time <laughs> by getting with Ron's <laughs> sister. I just think... Not consciously, <laughs> but yes. But, okay, so let me get... Okay, let me establish something. One big reason why okay. Harry's into Ginny is because of her sense of humor. I think that's what initially pulls him to her. I think also Harry has always registered that Ginny is a pretty girl. Like when they were young, he's always been mm. like, Ginny is pretty. And then it, that turned into Ginny is hot when they got to like an appropriate mm. age. But because, um, you know, he's like, Ginny's eyes are the only eye color that he like mentions out of the Weasleys. So, like, we don't know that Ron's eyes are blue. J.K. Rowling just tells us that. Yes, we do. No, I don't think... J.K. Rowling tells us that, but it's not something that Harry actively notices. It's not like Harry is describing Ron's icy blue eyes, but he describes Ginny's colour's eyes. Everything that the books tell us is something that Harry notices. 
They're told from his perspective. Okay, but let me get this straight. If Harry's like, this guy's handsome with great eyes, that's because he noticed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, like, maybe he, like, notices that Ron's eyes are blue once, but he constantly comes, whenever, almost whenever Ginny is mentioned, it's like, her brown eyes, her warm brown eyes, this, like, the firelight dancing in her eyes. Like, yeah. he's very conscious of what Ginny looks like, okay? Okay. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a conscious thing he's aware of, and then as he goes older, it turns to attraction. So... Where was I going with this? Okay, humor. <laughs> so, one of all, first of all, he thinks that she's pretty, like physically. Second of all, but I think the big thing that draws him to her, that attracts him to her, is a sense of humor, which develops in years five, six um, mm-hmm. for Harry, four or five to her, whatever. Ginny's sense of humor is exactly pretty much kind of like similar to Harry's, which is good. So, like, what's brought up throughout. Harry's relationships and not just romantic relationships but his general relationships is that he needs someone that he can have a good time with that mm-hmm. he can be cheerful with so when there's like moments that the books when Ron and Hermione are fighting or Ron and Harry are fighting and so Harry has to hang out with Hermione all the time and he's always like like you know Hermione's great but the downside of being Hermione's friend is that there's like a lot of quiet time together in the library <laughs> but when <laughs> when he's with Ron it's like joking around and like fucking having humorous fun times together and then there's like when he's dating Cho Chang right so he thinks Cho Chang is pretty they have a similar interest in Quidditch but they don't quite click because of the time that Cho is going through she's going through a very particularly traumatic time and so she's not joking around she's not having a good time (laughs) Mm -hmm. so they don't click on that attraction level because Harry can't be attracted to her because she's not joking around and I know that's kind of like that's really diminishing the whole context of that, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, that's it's miserable being with Cho because she's dealing she's with trauma and Harry can't cope with it. Can't cope with it as a 15 year old boy. Look, I mean, I couldn't have yeah. probably coped with it as a 15 year old as well. Look, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like there's several moments explicitly said about Harry and Cho's relationship where I think people have been like, "Look, you need to be with someone who's a bit more cheerful," or like. Like, you know, it's just not working out for you because you guys couldn't have a laugh together or something like that. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a deeply insensitive thing. <laughs> I know, I know. I think Ron said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she keeps like, crying yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Mm. Okay, so it's been established that Harry's relationships are... He's happiest in his relationships, whether it be friendship, romantic relationships, family relationships, when he can be cheerful, when he can laugh with someone... And that's what he notices first in Ginny when she starts to become more confident in herself and like starts to like, as Hermione puts it, like get rid of the idea that like, she has to wait around for Harry and starts to be independent. Okay. So mm-hmm. when she starts to be more jovial, be more joking, that's when Harry starts to notice her and they kind of have a humor that matches each other's energies. Harry has a bit of a dark, sarcastic humor and Ginny's dry wit kind of complements that. And they, there's plenty of moments throughout the books, even as early as book two, where, like, especially, like, after the Chamber of Secrets stuff. <laughs> like, where, um... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ginny's most joking, jovial year, Chamber yeah, of yeah. Secrets. So, after all the traumatic thing where Ginny's out of her mind control hell, um, <laughs> where Harry and Ginny, like they'll both notice something that someone else saw some, something that's happening and they'll share a meaningful glance and then turn away giggling because they share 
They share a mindset when it comes to humor. They both find the same, same brain, things funny. Same brain. Yeah, yeah. I've got friends like that. Like you know, you know, when something is happening or someone's doing something, and you just look at a certain friend because you know that they would get the joke yeah. or they would find that funny. Yeah, that's a vibe. Yeah, absolutely. So, I grew up with you. We did that constantly to our parents. <laughs> yeah, that happens so consistently throughout the books. Harry and Ginny are always doing that. They're always sharing like snide remarks to each other. Like they sound like they're little bitches, <laughs> but I guess they are. <laughs> Um, they both laugh at each other at other people's miseries, I guess. <laughs> at the and their own miseries. And their own, yeah. I mean let's not let's not call them bitches. So yeah, they share a sense of humour and I think that's what pulls Harry to her, as well as just physical attraction. That's the end of my point. That was a long rambling point with a lot of examples, but that's the end of Which my point. Which is like, there. yeah, they have the same sense of humour. Great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I absolutely am not gonna argue with that. I do think they have the same sense of humour. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, that's not enough to build a relationship on. <laughs> no, it's just one factor of why they're attracted to each other and why they get along well. I'm not saying it's the entire foundation of their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's being like, you know, they both like Quidditch. Great. Well, yeah, that's another point. They both have shared yeah, interests. I know it is. Yeah. But... <laughs> I know what meager straws you have to draw on. <laughs> but the idea that like the only reason that Harry is drawn towards Ginny is because of what she represents, what she is as a Weasley person. Weasley person, as a Weasley. <laughs> as as I a just, Weasley person. I just, I just don't agree. I think that, like, if Harry, because, okay, so Harry's looking for a family. We know that. Harry wants family. Yeah. That's evident from book one. Uh-huh. So why wasn't he going after Ginny the whole time then? Well, okay. <laughs> if, if Ginny is his in to the Weasley family... <laughs> Why, why wasn't he, like, being like, oh, yeah, let's go for Ginny. Like, I'm, I'm going to marry her one day. Like, this Yeah, is obviously, because he was fucking binding himself to Ron at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think that it's definitely like, oh, I really like Ginny. I, I can see myself being with Ginny. This is great. And then added perk... Like, I've known her for years, I've known her family, we get along well, and I find that I really enjoy spending time with the Weasleys. I don't think that it's like, he's, act- I don't think he's seeking out Ginny because of what she is. I think he has an idea of her and likes that, gets to know her better and likes who she is, and what she is is just an added perk of the relationship. Yeah, I never said that, like, his entire attraction to Ginny is because she's a Weasley, because then you could make the same argument for Ron or Fred or George exactly. or whatever. And I never said that he was consciously seeking her out because he wants to be with the Weasleys. Because of course he's not. It's all happening subconsciously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, even like, if, even if that if okay, even if he is, is that bad? Is that bad? Like, tell me why it's bad. Okay, first of all, let me fucking finish my argument. I <laughs> let you finish your argument, and you are constantly interrupting me. <laughs> finish your argument, then. Yes, I will! (laughs) (laughs) So there is a trope in, like, fiction stories, hero stories, where, like, the hero, you know, goes on his journey and blah, blah, blah. Not the hero's journey, sorry. The hero, like, does his mission, and then at the end he gets to settle down. And sometimes, not sometimes, often what happens is that he ends up kind of with a single mom. Mm -hmm. Because there's the idea of like, oh, you know, there's the woman or the love of your life and then there's her kids and you're like stepping straight into this prefabricated family that's the opposite of all the trauma you've been through Mm -hmm. and the reward for everything you've sacrificed. You get this happy family. Sure. 
this is the teenager's version. Instead of you and your kids, it's you and your parents. Like, a marriage certificate is the best thing he's going to get. It's the closest to an adoption certificate he's going to get into the Weasleys. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a huge part of the draw to Ginny. You're not even denying it. You're just saying that it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that a good thing? Because, because it means that he's less into her as a person and more into her as a concept. It's her as a fantasy. The fantasy of the happy family. Okay, I just think Pokenolastos, as I've said, like, I think that he can be into her as a person as well as be like, oh, it's great that we can have this sense of family. Yeah, I will get like, to that. I, and I think that, like, you're looking at this too one-sided. Who's to say Ginny doesn't want to, like, for lack of a better term, <laughs> adopt Harry into the Weasley family? I just did the other side. The other side is that Ginny's fantasy is that Harry is a hero. <laughs> Okay, when she's a kid. Let's talk about later. Looking at this one-sided, I'm doing the two sides. (laughs) Let's talk about later. If you're talking about, like, you know, Harry's idea of Ginny at first, Harry's idea of Ginny at first is that she's, like, a sweet, innocent little girl, right? And then that evolves into... I think he just doesn't notice anything about her at all. It's like Ron's sister. He's not present. (laughs) He's not in the room. Doesn't matter. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who brought it up. (laughs) So... I'm just saying. So, where was I going with this? You made me look like a train of thought. Let's talk about what Harry thinks of Ginny. It doesn't matter what Harry thinks of Ginny. I've forgotten what I'm saying. So, you're saying, okay, right, I've figured it out again. So, <laughs> remember how we said we're doing our best content? Wow, okay. So, only good content. Shut up. So, you're like, okay, Harry looks at Ginny and subconsciously he sees this entryway into the into the Weasley family and into mm-hmm. everything he's ever wanted a home a family connection yeah yeah okay vice versa like Ginny looks at Harry and sees someone that has never had all that she's had she values loyalty she values love and family she sees someone that's been denied that his whole life and has had to fight and struggle his whole life maybe she wants to give him that as well like oh weird now you're doing this like oh Harry's like a broken baby bird and Ginny wants to like fix his wings or whatever <laughs> no that's Molly Weasley yeah sure but like I I just I don't think it's that weird like I think it's weird when you say it <laughs> like oh, chill out Ginny's okay to Harry because he's, he's so alone and he has no family no it's just what are it's you not saying like him, <laughs> god it's so annoying <laughs> I'm saying it's not. Oh, like... I love being able to piss you off in these episodes. Usually, it's me who's so furious. Okay, I'm saying it's not like the only thing that she sees when she looks at Harry. Okay, when she when she looks at Harry, she's physically attracted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All the humor, the you know, they have the same interests, personality yeah. clicking, etc. But I think also, like you know, if he ever brings up, oh, you know, it's it's just like. I, I I am family orientated. So say they're older, okay? Say it's like they're in their twenties. <laughs> now we're we're stepping out of canon and we're going into your no, fantasies no, I'm just and how saying, they like, if, if we're talking about them as a couple, mm-hmm. like couples should have the conversations of like if they want a family or not, okay? Like that's something that a couple should talk about. So let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about it. So Harry's like, you know, he'll probably say like, I'm family orientated. I want to have a big family. That's something that Ginny has always had. And so, and we know that Ginny values her family and is loyal to her family. That's evident throughout the books. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. she want that? And I don't see a problem with her being like, you know, my partner who I love and get along with and, and love. 
has I'm, I'm trying to think I'm, I'm trying to say other words that mean love but love is enough okay my partner who I love and I love them and we love each other yeah my partner who I love has has always maybe had this hole in his life and you know like we can start a new chapter with that together and we can I can fill that hole <laughs> love to fill my partner's hole I use the terrible language again <laughs> portrait holes <laughs> Life holes. <laughs> What's my obsession? Anyway, with all of all of this is to say that Ginny pegs Harry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. God, where have we even started? I'm. <laughs> I was still talking about are they attracted to each other? You seem to have other arguments that you want to get into. Shall we move on? God. Um. <laughs> all right. Let me look here. Argument two. They were friends first. I'm not saying that they were besties. I'm just saying that they had a rapport. They were friends. They were certainly close to each other and got to know each other first before they mm-hmm. entered into a romantic stage in their relationship. And I and we've said it before and we'll say it again, that going from a position of friends to lovers is usually, like, usually leads to, like, maybe a healthier kind of relationship because you have a knowledge of the other person and their flaws before you mm-hmm. enter into a romantic relationship. And you have a respect for each other beforehand because you like each other in the first place. So Mm -hmm. that's a good sign. What have you got to say? (laughs) I think that their friendship is shallow at best. A lot of their development comes from off screen. It's like, oh, we've been hanging out with the Weasleys a lot lately, including Ginny. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. A lot of, not all, a lot of basically every single like emotional moment that harry has with other people is ron and hermione like all of his you know i've got a problem and i need help with dealing with it he always goes to ron and hermione they are the ones who do all of the actual like stuff with him yeah. <laughs> great sentence but not always Rhea, i'm doing well pretty much always yeah sure 90 percent of the time because they're our main characters hmm. but there are still i i want to say like there aren't no moments with Ginny. Okay, so a lot of people argue, like, Ginny and Harry came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like, I, yeah, I understand it was a bit rushed because the books are about different things. They're not about romantic relationships, necessarily. And, like, as we said before, Rowling isn't the greatest romance writer. So it comes off as a bit rushed. I understand that. Whatever. But, I'm mm-hmm. like, there's still, like, it's not like there's no moments between Harry and Ginny. Okay? So there's the positive moments that I've mentioned before, like, Easter egg time. Um, the time in the Grimmauld place when it's like, well, we share this connection. We've both been had Voldemort controlling our minds, and, I, and we can talk to each other about it. There's True. even like <laughs> there's um, even moments that like aren't necessarily positive, but still show that there's something there. So like Ron explaining to Harry that Harry could have gone to the Yule Ball with Ginny, but she'd already said yes to Neville and seemed really disappointed about it. Again, another thing that happens off screen and not with Harry and Ginny together. So much of their development is off screen. So much of Ginny's development is off screen. This is a lot of JK not being the best writer in the world, but Mm -hmm. like so much of what we know about Ginny is told and not shown. Like, oh, Ginny's so awesome. She's got this badass bat bogey hex that we literally never see her cast. It never happens. Yeah, you're right. Look. <laughs> yeah, it's just because she's not the main character. Like, yeah, and it's impossible to include any other characters. That's why Ron and Hermione don't they don't really happen on screen. But then <laughs> all of their relationship is off screen. If you're arguing that like, okay, so the relationship interest for Harry needs to have incredible moments that happen on screen all the time, 
then your argument is that Ginny should be one of the, like, in that core quadro now, not a trio. She's the quadro. And, like... No, my argument is that if you're writing a romantic relationship for your lead... That should happen on the page. We should we should see the romance develop. We should have actual romantic scenes between the two of them instead of just, they're dating now. Harry looks out the window and fantasizes about a time he spent with Ginny instead of showing us the time that he spends with Ginny. I think that she didn't show us those times because, frankly, I think that they were having sex. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it's appropriate. Like, oh, not necessarily having sex, but like, you know, anyway. exploring their sexuality together. Exploring so I don't, each other's bodies. Yeah, I, I don't think it's okay. I, don't, I understand why J.K. Rowling, I'm going to say, I, don't, I understand why J.K. Rowling didn't put that on the page because they were children's books. Half-Blood so, Prince, frankly, Chapter 22. Harry gets pegged. <laughs> Frankly, I understand why those those certain moments of those summer strolls through the gardens and etc. and their dates together aren't shown. Because frankly, I think that they were, you know, very romantic and, you know, physical. So I, <laughs> I, I understand why those things aren't talked about. Such a cop out. <laughs> it's heavily Bullshit. implied. It's heavily implied that that's what was going on. Okay? Like... <laughs> It's not a cop-out, it's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck off. <laughs> well, there's no real connection. Oh, that's because they were connected by their genitals. That's why we couldn't see it. <laughs> and your, your argument that there's absolutely, like, no romantic connection, I disagree. Like, there's so many moments in... Because the sixth book is really where their relationship starts, so... Yeah, so yeah many, we're focused on sixth book. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fine. There's so many moments where it's, like, Harry being jealous, like, them getting together. Their, their like, first kiss scene is great. The moment where, like, Ginny's talking about Harry having a tattoo on his chest, etc. And, like, that... Like, yeah. you know, there's plenty... Every single moment you've mentioned has Ron as a feature. <laughs> it's crazy how much of their relationship is, like, bouncing off of Ron. Yeah. Oh, he's jealous, but he can't express that because Ron's there. Oh, they have a kiss, and then Harry immediately stops kissing her and looks in the crowd for Ron. <laughs> yeah, look, okay, there are... Oh, they're sitting... <laughs> They're sitting and having a fun little romantic flirty conversation with Ron. <laughs> yeah, look. This... Do we ever see a moment where they're alone together? Or do they always have Ron or someone else to bounce off Yeah, of? look. We've never had a, um, a single float Hon. And <laughs> probably at this stage we're... we never will. Which is a real shame because we all know who the real couple is. <laughs> we're just going to run out of time. But dear God, I would have loved to do that episode. <laughs> Hon? Yeah, Hon Hon. Yeah. Hon. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, no, actually, I think it's Rari. Rari. I like Hon better. Yeah. <laughs> I like Hon better as well, but Rari's, I think, the standard, fandom standard. Okay. I want to go to a different point because we could talk about what's on screen and what's off screen forever. Well, I want to talk about what's on screen. Let's talk about fucking movie Hinny. Oh, well, that doesn't count. We're talking about the books. <laughs> Bullshit, it doesn't count. Her entire character has changed, and so is Harry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. All right. Here's okay, my point. Before you get into your First points, all, just know, whatever you say, I'm going to be like, it doesn't matter because it's an interpretation and not canon, as we've established in our What is Canon episode. <laughs> Yeah, which I just re-listened to, by the way, because I'm re-listening to our series. God, we had audio problems in the beginning. I'm so sorry, listeners. So sorry, guys. Anyway. Yeah, I was so focused on my anti-Hinny argument and all the feelings I had stewing inside of me (laughs) that I straight up forgot the movies were a thing. 
<laughs> until I was like Googling anti henny arguments and saw like a cringe compilation on YouTube. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really easy to forget because the movies barely have henny. Like, I was watching that cringe compilation and it was two minutes of their scenes. Two minutes? Yeah, I was going to say three minutes, two minutes? Yeah. Two yeah. minutes. It was like two minutes and eight <laughs> seconds. Amazing. Mm-hmm. In eight movies. That's how long they spent on Henny. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to harp on this. We did a whole page to screen episode about Jenny, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I can't let this travesty go past unremarked upon because it's too strong of an argument in my favor. So, let's refresh on some of the most painfully awkward shit ever put to screen. Harry describing Ginny to her brother Ron as smart, funny, attractive, and landing on she's got nice skin. (laughs) I hate that. Her feeding him the tart, being like, don't you trust me? What's up with that? Tying his shoelace on the stairs. The kiss in the room of a crime with the close your eyes as she backs away from him. And then, I could stay up here too if you like. What does that mean? Why did she say that? (laughs) Zipping up the dress and they kiss while yet again, another, her brother is in the room watching. Always, always through the lens of the brothers. (laughs) And then. What's what's it called? Brother gaze? (laughs) Brother's gaze. And then their reunion at the Battle of Hogwarts, where they literally just say each other's name and then just stare at each other from opposite ends of the room while the other characters have a conversation. (laughs) I could slap two dead fish together and create more romantic and sexual tension. Yep. The reason why I bring this up, this common theme between everything I've just mentioned, is that none of these are moments from the books. They're all Mm -hmm. weird and unnecessary movie-specific creations. (laughs) And what they do is they effectively obliviate the entire Hinny relationship from my mind. Because I was sitting there thinking, why didn't they use any of the Hinny moments from the books? And I'm like, hang on, are there any Hinny moments in the books? There must mm-hmm. not have been Hinny, because otherwise, why wouldn't they use it? Well, okay. Like, and you know, you knew this was coming, but as I said, I'm going to obliterate this entire argument with one. It's an interpretation. It's not canon. Two, the reason it's like that in the movies is because of Steve Clovis, <laughs> as we know, who shipped Harry and Hermione and didn't mm. want to have Ginny have good moments. Three, if there were, like, Hinny moments from the books and the movies, they would probably come across a lot better, but we've talked about the tension between Daniel and Bonnie and not necessarily maybe they're clicking the right way. Yeah. And the way that Harry was characterised as, like, not being a macho guy, etc. There's lots of... We've talked about this. <laughs> but basically it comes down to it doesn't matter because it's not canon so I can't argue that on screen he is good because I'm not going to try it's not good it's terrible yeah I'm not arguing that it's so bad that it sours book Ginny by association <laughs> I don't think so I think it's so bad that it makes people like book Ginny even more <laughs> for good reason she's way better and the interactions that they have are far more interesting and fun and cool so yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Okay. Do you want to do another one of your arguments then? <laughs> um, oh, wow. Here we go. Shared values. So, right. Ginny and Harry work together well as a couple because they both have shared values. They have big Gryffindor energy and are ready to throw down at a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. <laughs> Family is important to both of them as well as loyalty. 
they have a commitment to excellence and greatness and I want to talk about this so Mm -hmm. for Harry his commitment to excellence and greatness comes from him being a modern day hero and saving people and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and for Ginny her commitment to excellence and greatness is about being a standout right so she was the only girl in a group of boys a family of boys Mm -hmm. so hers is more of like a feminist lens where it's like I have to show that I'm more than just you know another one of the Weasleys I am like Ginny and so she like Mm-hmm. she tries her best to be a good dueler she proves herself a quidditch she like creates this own like personality for herself and her independence so i think that she has her own sense of what it means to be great and excellent for her and i think that harry obviously has had this immense pressure throughout his life to be great and excellent mm-hmm. and maybe over time that will change after his destiny changes you know so i think <laughs> that they both have this they both have this undercurrent of like I want to be the best and I want to be excellent I want to be great mm-hmm. and that's good that they both have that because it's like it can complement each other because they're not centered in the same places you know if that makes sense like Harry's is centered on how he can help other people and make things better for other people whereas Ginny's mm-hmm. is centered on more how she can be a better person herself if that makes sense okay so while they both share this value, they can complement each other as a couple because they both have a similar experience, but they're not going to be in competition with each other. Okay. Shared values, but separate ambitions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And that's just good. <laughs> All right. Good. I think that's, that's nice. Do you have anything okay, to good. say? <laughs> yeah. I think that in terms of Harry and especially Canon Harry, sometimes what we want is not the same as what we need. Okay. And this is linking into ideas that we've talked about with Harry all of the time, especially where it's like Harry, you know, thinks that he wants to leave Hogwarts and go on to be an aura and continue to fight dark wizards all of his life, Mm -hmm. because that's always where his sense of value and identity have come from. Mm -hmm. And he just thinks that he needs to continue doing that. I don't think that Harry needs to be in a relationship with someone who primarily sees him as a hero the hero who conquered the Dark Lord and is driving him to live that life and like be that person that the public perceives him as. I think that Harry needs someone who doesn't see him as the chosen one in the boy who lived above all else and lets him like step away from all of that and be his own person and be something else something completely different to what we see him be in the books okay because that's over now he did his destiny he can fucking retire and raise thestrals or whatever i think that that's certainly within Ginny's potential because like we're talking about Ginny as we see her in the books right so when she's what ages 11 to 16 to 16 16, yeah so yes throughout that time she is very accepting of the fact that harry has this destiny Right? So mm-hmm. when she's a little kid and she has this fantasy of who Harry is, she loves him for being the one who defeated the Dark Lord. And then when mm-hmm. she's, like, when they're in a relationship together and they've matured and when they have their breakup, unofficial breakup, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I want a big yeah. talk about that as well. <laughs> when they have their breakup and Harry's like, this is something I have to do, she is accepting the fact that, like, I knew you were always going to go after Voldemort and, like, this is what you have to do. That's fine. Yeah. She knows this is she knows. destiny. And... I think that, like, for the context of her life and her age and everything that's going on, I think that that is fine. I don't think it's, like, great in terms of, like, 
you know, <laughs> like, you know, what, what you were saying where it's like, he should have someone that lets him be who he wants to actually be rather than who he needs to be. I, mm-hmm. I get that. But she is 16. <laughs> okay. She's 15 at that time. Yeah. So like, I think certainly. Well, yeah. I think that Ginny is a good match for Harry yeah, in, in the, the books, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the context of when he's and the then chosen let's one. let's look at it. It's more that I think that afterwards, I think their relationship would crumble in I on think itself. I think that afterwards she. Harry's life would crumble I in think on that itself. afterwards she would adapt to the situation that she's in because one, she'd be aging, so she would be a different person. She's not going to be the same person she was when she's 16. And also, the world would be changing and Harry would probably need to be changing with that. So I think Ginny is also one of the only people throughout the books that challenges Harry. Like, when Harry goes on his bullshit, so when mm-hmm. he's like angrily ranting strong disagree okay when he's angrily ranting at ron and hermione in fifth book Ginny doesn't ha- doesn't stand for that shit if he like tries to come for her and be bitter towards her she's like absolutely not so i think she is definitely someone that will i guess not let harry go down a path that is bad <laughs> that's a bad, bad way of putting it but i guess she is someone that is willing <laughs> to stand in harry's way when he when he's out of line. So if, if like he is someone that is on, is showing that he's unable to change, he doesn't know what he needs to be doing with himself. I think that she would be able to be like, put yourself together. Like, let's figure out what you can do next. Like, let's talk about this and like, let's see what you actually want. I don't think that she was someone that just passively be like, Oh, you know, something will happen. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's who she is. I I certainly think that she would grow into a person that would want Harry to grow into his own person. Okay? Yeah, we're getting more into, like, headcanony stuff here. But, like, I always imagine that Harry finishes Hogwarts or finishes the series and then throws himself straight into being an aura and being the person that he always thought he had to be. And then several years down the line basically has a complete crisis and breaks Mm -hmm. down. And I think that... In the middle of that crisis breakdown thing, when he's with his relation, when he's in his relationship with Ginny, I don't think that Ginny would be the person who would be like, "You need to completely change everything about your life and the way that you think about yourself and like who you are as a person, not who you are as a person, but like what you think you are as a person." Because I don't think that Ginny is capable of conceiving as of Harry as something other than. The chosen one and the boy who lived. I think it's too deeply ingrained in her conception of who he is as a person, all the way from childhood and into adulthood as well. No, I disagree. Like, I just, I, I don't think that's a good take because, I'll, and I'll say why. So, mm-hmm. okay, this is getting to one of my later points, but I'll start with this. Yeah, Ginny is not the type of person that would say to someone, like, okay, so you're saying that she wouldn't say to him, "You need to think about who you want to be, and you need to think about what you want." That's what you're saying, right? No. She could say those things to him. I'm saying that, like... Let me... Just... Sorry, just, like, say exactly what you said again so I can... Okay. I don't think that Ginny is capable of conceiving of Harry as someone other than the chosen one and the boy who lived. It's too tied to the integral sense of who he is as a person for her. That's not what you said originally. (laughs) But okay. Well, that is what I said originally. That's what you said as an after. (laughs) Rewind the tapes. (laughs) Like, you said that after you said something else first, okay? But anyway. So... I can't remember. You said something else along the lines of, like, Ginny could never tell someone to change who they are and to, like, think about what they actually want to be. And he could never... She could never tell Harry to be anyone other than the boy who lived. That's what you said. Something along those lines, okay? Let's start with that. 
So Ginny could absolutely tell someone that they need to change who they are and who they want to be and really think about who they are because that's what she fucking did herself, okay? So, like, when Mm -hmm. she had her terrible times in her first year of Hogwarts, she was like, this is something terrible that happened to me and she took a long time to process that and then she changed who she was. She wanted to change the narrative of what happened to her from being a victim to being someone who survived that experience. She did that herself. And I imagine that mm-hmm. she could definitely do that with other people. Like, that would be how she would try and help people to, like, be able to process and move on from a terrible experience. Point one. Point two, that she could never see Harry as someone who isn't the boy who lived. I just disagree. So this leads to one of my future points. Mm-hmm. Harry and Ginny have a deep understanding and their own sense of empathetic communication. Maybe this comes from both having had similar traumatizing experiences from Voldemort, etc. But and this comes across in the way that they communicate. They have silent communication with each other when they like both notice the same things. This comes across in moments like with the Easter egg thing, like with the um, oh well, isn't that lucky for you thing in the Grimmel place? Mm-hmm. Like in sixth book when Dumbledore dies, Ginny is the only one that's able to sort of comfort Harry. Like Harry feels like he's completely numb like he doesn't even he can't even move mm-hmm. when Dumbledore is dead he's so but... horrified by the idea that yeah yeah and Ginny is the only one that's able to sort of snap him back to reality by mm-hmm. like holding his hand and being like okay we have to get up now like it's like that's that they have a sense of communication and understanding that is beyond Ginny thinking that Harry is this perfect chosen one it's just I think it's a fucking fantasy it's it's, it's a fucking <laughs> childish idea that Ginny has never moved on from age 11 like I think she sees Harry for who he he actually is. Like, and to and to say that she doesn't is a disservice because like, <laughs> it, <laughs> like Ginny. So when they have their breakup, and I know we're going to talk about this. Yeah, Ginny understands why he needs to do what she needs to do. They they approach that quite maturely. Like it's a terrible thing that they have to mm. do, but they approach it in a way that is very understanding and honest with each other. Like they say, like, look, I don't want to. I, like, I still have feelings for you. I like you. and But we're doing this as a way of like self-preservation because it's likely that Harry's going to die, you know? And so like they have this honest mm. understanding with each other. I just think that, I think it's a farce to say that Ginny's perception of Harry is purely based on this child look, childlike fantasy and vice versa. Like, no. They definitely have a way of understanding each other that I think is evident in the books already, even if they are only small moments and I think that would certainly evolve over time when they have more time to be together as just a normal couple without the pressure of, like, the world is ending. <laughs> oh, the war. When will my love well, yeah, come yeah, home yeah. from All the war? <laughs> so that's, like, in terms of the whole Ginny has this fantasy of Harry argument, that's it. Like, she just doesn't anymore. She did when she was a kid, but as she got to know him better and was in a relationship with him and they've lived through all this stuff together, I just think that that fantasy is gone and she actually knows harry for harry (laughs) all right i i think not but i think i can tie that back to their breakup scene which we're gonna talk about so do you have more points that you want to make before we go into that no i think that's i I think i covered all that okay you have no more arguments oh yeah i've got like one or two oh yeah one argument here um, oh yeah, shared interests, which I haven't bring up yet, but Quidditch, jokes, banter, and they're both adventurous. Yeah, we've and gone through got that. One other argument: Harry pictured himself marrying Ginny at Bill and Fleur's wedding. Simp. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah, that is a cute moment. That's like when she walks down the aisle, right? Because she's the yeah. bridesmaid. Bridesmaid. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. That's cute. <laughs> not going to take that away. <laughs> okay, my last like bad point that I'll make just before we move on to the end game. <laughs> Yeah. Is that a lot of anti-Hinny shippers bring up uh, the Jilly aesthetic. Oh, yeah. The fact that, yeah, Harry looks like young James and Ginny looks like young... Lily. Lily. And it's like, oh, it's so Freudian, he wants to bang his mom, and it's... I, I don't... I just think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let the argument go without mentioning it at least once, because it's such a pervasive point that so many people bring yeah. up, but I, I think that not all redheads look the same. <laughs> a reductionist. Also, I think... From the perception Harry has of his mother and from the person he knows as Ginny, they're both very different people. And Yeah, I think they're very and different also people. Like Oh, it's Freudian, like okay, so many relationships are Freudian. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like yeah. we ha- we all hate to see it. We all hate to think it. <laughs> but a lot of people <laughs> do date people that remind them of their parents or their siblings because of the thing where it's like, Oh yeah, family makes me feel comfortable and, and love and that's really sad and we hate to think about it but unfortunately it's what happens (laughs) yeah your very first role model of like what a good what a good man is and what a good woman is to Mm. be heteronormative are usually if you're lucky if you're privileged to have a family that loves and supports you then yes those are your first role models yeah so yeah to be super heteronormative and like super nuclear family about it So, yeah, it's pretty common to be like, well, the traits that I look for in, like, a good woman and a good man are the traits that my parents exhibited when I was And we younger. all hate to see it, but it, it is what it is. And, it, and, that's, and that sucks, but that's the way that it is. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I don't know why you've jumped onto this pro-Freudian argument. I was never going to say that. I'm not saying I'm pro. I I'm saying that... we hate it. <laughs> don't stop talking yeah. about it. Don't, we, I'm saying we do not whole... see... Shush. The whole Jilly argument, the, the whole, like, Hinny is Jilly again argument has far less to do with James and Lily and Harry and Ginny as people and far more to Aesthetics. do with, like, narrative framing devices on the part yeah, of JK. Yeah. She's like, oh, I want to mirror things yeah. again. It's like, it really has nothing to do with who they are or anything like that. The idea that, like, Lily's a redhead because the Weasleys are redheads, it's like, I don't think that in book one she had decided that Harry and Ginny were going to end up together because she didn't think about romantic relationships that far in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Nonsense. Anyway, so I just wanted to say that so we could shoot it down, basically. Okay, let's talk about the breakup at the end of book Mm -hmm. six. Let's talk about it. Harry leaving Ginny behind to go Horcrux hunting. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. I'm going... My argument here is that at its core, this breakup comes from the fact that from both Harry and Ginny's perspective, they don't see each other as equal in the relationship. Okay. Okay. So from Harry's perspective, it's not a real relationship. It is a fantasy. Right, okay. Harry doesn't tell Ginny anything about where he's going, what he's doing. It's to protect her. It's to keep her safe. Yeah, because he sees her as someone that he has to protect and keep safe and not as, like, her own person who can make her own decisions. He doesn't have the same level of emotional connection that he has with Hermione and Ron. He doesn't trust her the same way that he trusts them. And from Ginny's perspective, she doesn't see herself as his equal either. We see it like 
She expected him to break up with her. She accepts that. It's like, this is the way that it has to be because you're the chosen one and you're special and important and I'm not. There's a power imbalance there that she doesn't even try to correct because she knows that it can't be corrected because he's the chosen one and she still sees him like that. It's tied into the core of how she perceives him. Okay. And? (laughs) No, okay. And? And that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) That's why we should sink this ship. Harry should end up with someone who doesn't see him primarily above all else as the boy who lived. All right. (laughs) Let's go. So, (laughs) yes, this is a bad thing that happens. It's bad that they have this inherent you know, imbalance, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't be together because it's not safe for you. I understand that this is your destiny, that you have to defeat the Dark Lord. This is bad. Mm. It's because the world's bad, baby. Yeah. (laughs) So we've talked about before fate, all right? Yeah. Fate in the Harry Potter universe. And I have said the argument that fate exists and that sucks. You know, people kind (laughs) of have their own destiny and they have their own, (laughs) their own lives written out before them. That sucks. sucks There's no free choice. (laughs) Sucks to be you, I guess. But what matters is how we feel about it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So yes, this situation that they're in sucks. But what matters (laughs) is how they feel about it and how they feel about each other, despite the situation. Okay. So let me let me just talk this through. Let me just talk this through. Okay. Your your argument is that Ginny will is at at this moment and. So therefore, for all time, which I just think is inaccurate, but Ginny at this moment is seeing Harry as the chosen one. And this is bad because she's always seeing him as this chosen one that has this destiny and that, that makes him greater than yeah, her, etc. And, and also that she passively accepts her role in relation to him. And it's like, well, I can never be with you. I can never like compete with you because you're the chosen one and I am not. She doesn't put herself on the same sort of playing field as, like, Ron and Hermione of, like, I'm going with you and I'm fighting with you and I'm part of this thing because I love you and I'm just as capable as you are. Okay. Um, it's that. Sure. Yeah. Fine. I'm, st- I'm still, like, I-, I feel like I'm losing my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> so, like, all, all right. right. So she is saying, like, um, we need to call it off. Be- like, we need to, I understand why you're breaking up with me <laughs> and I understand that this is what you are always going to do. I knew everything when I was young, mm-hmm. etc. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> genetic predeterminism. Yeah, okay. Here we go. You're the boy who lived. I'm your love interest. So you're saying it's bad that like she is seeing that Harry is greater than her and has this destiny, destiny that is bigger than her feelings, mm-hmm. and that she accepts her place in this narrative, right? Yeah. Sure, it sucks, but I think it's fine. I think it's good, actually. So I, th- <laughs> I think. And, okay, let, let me finish. Let it's me good finish. when we don't fight for the things that we love. <laughs> Let me finish. Okay. I think it's good, actually, because <laughs> because she's right. Okay. So, like, so Harry is the chosen one. Okay. Let that sink mm-hmm. in. Imagine, like, we can't imagine a chosen one because we don't live in a world like this. But imagine that there is just someone out there who is literally a chosen one. And yeah. there is this destiny place before them where they're going to have to kill someone or be killed. Okay. Literally fucking Joe from your fifth year class at school is going to save the world one yes. day. And we all know it. We all know it. And look, he's probably going to fucking die. Okay. Yeah. Like, Harry, like, Harry has probably admitted to her, like, I might die. Like, I'm just I, like this. And he says it when he says that, like, this relationship that we've been having, it's like someone else's life, you know, like it's 
because he's so yeah, set in his idea. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. But like, he means that in a way where it's like, it's something that I never imagined I could have, right? So like, mm. he knows he's going to die, okay? And he's right, he does die. So like, her being like, you have this destiny that you have to do, and her accepting that, it sucks, right? She accepts it, she's like, this sucks, this, I still feel this way about you, but this is what you need to do. Okay, imagine if she hadn't accepted it. All right. Yeah. Imagine if she had been like, I don't accept it. You're not going to die. I'm going to make sure of it. Ginny would have died. She would have been fucking killed. Okay. If she had been. What? Like she would have. Because like the difference is you're saying that like Ginny doesn't even put herself in the same level as Hermione and Ron. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hermione and Ron were pretty clued into the fact that Harry might die. And especially you see that at the yeah. end of the seventh book. They're pretty clued into the fact that Harry mightn't fucking live to the end of the night, okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you're harping on about Harry maybe dying. I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because that you're set. Let me finish. Okay. Oh, all right, go okay, ahead. All right, so do it then. I, fucking finish. I'm trying. It's a lot to process. Okay. So <laughs> he's circling the drain. Harry's gonna die. Ginny okay. has to let him die. I guess. <laughs> what are you saying? I, let me finish. Okay, so like. <laughs> You're saying that Ginny doesn't think that she's good enough to be in the place of, like, Hermione or Ron or both, whatever. Yes! She isn't. Because, like, she is... <laughs> because she loves because. Harry in a different way to Hermione and Ron. Both Hermione and Ron both love Harry, right? But mm-hmm. they are also not willing to stand in his way. If he knows that he has to sacrifice himself, they are not willing to stand in his way and try and stop him. Ginny would stand in his way. And that would get her killed. What? <laughs> that would get her killed. Okay. Okay. Let me let me continue. Okay. Whoa. Your argument is like this happens because if it didn't, the exact opposite thing would happen. Yeah. All right. My argument is that as much as it sucks that they had to accept their fate and acknowledge that yes, Harry's destiny is greater than his feelings about Ginny and their feelings for each other right now. It sucks. They have to admit that. And it's not good that they have to have peace with that. But it is good that they had peace with that. Because if they didn't, things would have been worse. Then they wouldn't have peace with that. What an insane argument. And I'm not... And also, (laughs) this is a very significant point in their cultural context, okay? This is a significant point in their lives as people. I don't think that once everything is over, once the war is over, once Voldemort is defeated, I don't think that this is the mentality that they're going to be carrying with them for the rest of their lives. I just don't (laughs) think so. Like, okay, so this is a decision that they're making together, a very honest, like, very mature decision for people of their age to be making, to be like, we need to stop, like, trying to think that we can have this relationship together because it's someone else's life, because I'm going to die you might die, like all this stuff. So they made this decision. And like, I just don't think that down the line, they still have the same mentality that they did at that exact moment when they were 15, 16, when they were 16 and 15 and going through the worst time in their life. Okay. Mm. I just don't agree. And so like, what I'm saying is they made the decision. It sucked. They had to do it. It sucks that it happened, but it was also good because the way that they did it together and the way that they were honest with each other shows a maturity and a longevity in their relationship that wouldn't be there if they had fought over it and decided to challenge fate, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's my <laughs> argument. A, wi- a wild position. 
Okay. Obviously, I'm not like, hey, it would have been better for the relationship if they'd gotten into a massive fight and refused to accept blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that, like, okay, so Ron and Hermione have a level of, like, depth and trust with Harry and, like, emotional connection with Harry that Ginny is not on. They're on a plane higher than her, and everyone in the situation acknowledges Mm -hmm. that. Like, Harry can trust them with information that he doesn't trust Ginny Mm -hmm. with. War secrets. He can trust them to be there and have his back and support him through the horrible Horcrux hunt ahead, which might take years. He doesn't trust Ginny to do that. (sighs) Okay. He has a need to keep her in the dark and to to protect her by keeping her in the dark and keeping her out of the way, which is lunacy, first of all, because there's no way that she's not involved. They're all involved. She's in too deep already. That's that's just another, its own little thing. Harry's logic mm-hmm. is bad there. That he simply does not apply to Ron mm-hmm. and Hermione. I'm saying that if Hinny was a good ship, a ship that should be kept afloat, then Ginny would be in that same category as Ron and Hermione. She would have the same perspective as them and not like well if Ginny came along on the Horcrux hunt then she would have thrown herself in front of Voldemort's killing curse to save Harry because she loved him so much Hermione and Ron both love Harry and both also accept the fact that he might die and they might not be Mm -hmm. able to stop it why are you like Ginny accepts that but then if she didn't accept that then she wouldn't have accepted (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking you can't have it both ways you can't be like she accepts that he might die and that's when they break up but if she went with him then she wouldn't have accepted that he might die and she would have died okay (laughs) what are you so your argument is that like it's it sucks mainly because Ginny isn't in the same privileged position as Ron and Hermione are with Harry is what you're saying like she's yeah i'm saying that she can never get to that that level because from her perspective she can't be on that level that's why she accepts the breakup i i know okay so as i said before i don't think that over the years they're the same people as they were when they made that decision so i think that can change over time but i also think that Ginny isn't like when she is making the like the decision the acceptance i don't think that she's like oh you know i can never be your Harry or Hermione. I can never be trusted with your secrets. Ron Hermione. Sorry, Ron or Hermione. I can never be trusted with your secrets and trusted to help you in your mission. I just think that she knows that those are the people that are currently there, <laughs> that have all the knowledge already, <laughs> that have the readiness and are able to go and make that decision. I think she also knows, and this is where you have to let me finish before you cut in. <laughs> I think right. she also knows that Harry is protective, okay? And Harry is not going to trust is not going to give her the information and and um like include her in this because he doesn't want her to get hurt. And yes, this is problematic. Okay? This is a mm-hmm. hero complex we can even talk about gender norms problematic thing here. He's 16. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a very difficult situation right now there's other factors that contribute to this feeling okay it's not just Mm -hmm. oh toxic problematic you know like okay (laughs) chill out yeah harry does have people die yeah when they try to protect him that's a thing that literally happens it's It's not just in his head it's not just him being a toxic male or whatever like it's okay like (laughs) people have literally died (laughs) he doesn't want that to happen to his girlfriend i don't think that makes him a bad guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so 
hey, everyone else who steps in front of a bullet for me keeps getting shot. I hope that doesn't happen to my girlfriend. Ooh, he's saying that she can't make decisions for herself? Wow, how anti-feminist, toxic masculine of him. Okay, chill out. All right. So, right. So she knows that at the moment she's not going to be included in that mission because she hasn't before. Like she, she probably knows that Ron Hermione been clued in from this for, for a long time. She also knows there's the age difference that like her family would probably be absolutely traumatized if she tried to run away and join this mission. So she has other pressures as well. Okay. Yeah. I want to challenge the age difference thing. I know it's just one year, but I'll let you finish I your know, thought. Like, but no, I know in my family, like, one year made a difference to me. I was considered a baby. <laughs> and then an adult. No, I more want to challenge it from Harry's perspective. There's, like, this idea that, you know, Harry thinks that Ginny can't really protect herself because she's so young and weak, which is something that I've seen in Ginny and... No, Hinny anti-Hinny discourse. But I want to challenge it based on the Battle of Hogwarts, where, like, Harry's insisting that Ginny has to stay out of the battle and not fight, but then he takes Luna in to go go on a fucking stealth mission with him through the Death Eater infested castle. Gin- Luna's the same age as Ginny. Yeah, it's certainly just a matter of the fact that if Luna died, Harry would be sad, but he wouldn't be as sad as if Ginny died. <laughs> That's definitely it. Yeah. It's just pointing out the hypocrisy there while we're on that topic. It's hypo- it's hypocritical, but it definitely comes down to the point where he just loves Ginny more than he loves yeah. Luna. That's why. I don't think that if... If Ginny, if so, say Harry shows up back at Hogwarts, or Harry gets in touch with Ginny, and both Ron and Hermione are dead. All right, they're gone. Whoa. They tried to help in the okay. best way. Yeah, okay. This is a future scenario. Uh-huh. Just imagine they. Um, this is a future scenario. So you're saying like Ginny doesn't think that she could match the level of trust that Harry has for Ron and Hermione. Yeah. I just think that they have been more clued in from the start and Harry doesn't want to put Ginny at risk by giving her that, giving her the burden of that knowledge and the burden of helping him through this. But if Ron and, if Ron and Hermione did die, I think Ginny would be like insistent. Like I (laughs) can't do this alone. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Harry would want her to, because obviously he still wants to protect her and both of his friends have just died. So who's next? But I think Ginny would insist. She would be like, no, you can't do this alone. And she would, cause I don't, I don't think it's a matter of her not seeing herself as equal to Harry's closest confidants. Is what okay. I'm saying. I think it's just a matter of the necessity of war and the situation that right. they're in. And also, I think also as I stated before, this is one fulcrum point in their development when they're both children going through the worst time in their life. And I don't think this is evident of what their relationship will be like years into the future. I just don't think it's realistic. <laughs> okay, so you're basically saying that Ginny. If, if Ron and Hermione were gone, Ginny would put herself in that same category as them. Yeah, the reason I, that she doesn't is because they because exist. They exist. And if Harry had been going on this alone, she would have insisted and come along. But okay, because she knows I disagree. Because she knows that he's not alone. She's like, no, it's okay. I can make peace with the fact that you need to do what you need to do. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> I think that even if during the Horcrux hunt, Ron and Hermione had both died, I think Ginny still would have been like, it's not my place. You're the chosen one. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think that that is the core power imbalance that neither of them try to correct because they know that it cannot be corrected because their relationship is doomed. I just, (laughs) I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Okay, it's weird to imagine how this situation would happen, but Ginny finding out that 
both Ron and Hermione are dead and Harry is out there by himself. I cannot imagine that her instinct would be Harry has to do this alone. He has his own destiny. That might be what she's thinking, but she would still pack up and go find him. I just can't imagine that she would be like, none of my business. I can't do anything to do to like push this narrative along. I have to just wait. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, that's definitely a, it's a mixing of movie Ginny coming in with the idea that you have that Ginny has never let go of this fantasy from her fucking 10 year old childhood. I just disagree. Mm. It's hard for me to say that I also disagree because we just did Neville Chosen One where we argued yes. that this is what Ginny would do. Exactly. <laughs> so it's hard for me to be like, well, I think the opposite. <laughs> kind of screwed my own credibility there past Rhea. <laughs> just tell me. Tell me if that situation occurred that she would, that she might still think like Harry has a destiny of himself, but I don't think she would just leave him to do that alone. It's even on the very base level that she doesn't want him to be alone during the worst time of his life. Yeah. She would go with him. It's more that like, yes, if she found out those exact things, she would do that, but she's never been equipped with the knowledge to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like she doesn't know. No, she's a year behind. Yeah. She doesn't know where he's going, what he's doing or like what, she knows what the stakes are, but like what has yeah. to happen. She doesn't know any of this because he hasn't told her any of this because she's not part no. of the circle. He hasn't included her because she's his fantasy of a perfect life that he knows he can never have. That is the reason why she wasn't included in that is because she wasn't his girlfriend until the year when all this shit went down. Okay. Like mm. if she had been his girlfriend earlier, maybe she would have been included in earlier, but that's not how things turned out. <laughs> it's just not how things turned out and she can't change the past but if if the if things rolled out the way they did where harry was by himself going on this awful chosen one destiny she would definitely try and go with him if nothing else to support him and because she loves him but i think also while she's there she's like so anyway um what's going on <laughs> like you're as if you're not gonna tell me when i've literally hunted you down across the british countryside where you're moping about <laughs> anyway, so yeah, while I'm fixing you like a baby bird and also we're pegging, let's let's talk about what the fuck we're doing out here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not what she'd do. <laughs> I think if everything was completely different in the story, then yes, things might have been different between Harry and Ginny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but they weren't. <laughs> And given everything I've said about the way things were and how I don't think it's reflective of their entire relationship and how people make decisions when they're young that are dumb and how people make decisions when they're in a war that are very complicated <laughs> and how Harry's protectiveness of Ginny is not evident of a toxic masculinity but rather the fact that people throw themselves in front of bullets for him, <laughs> I think I've made it quite clear <laughs> that although the relationship as presented in the books is rushed, it's not a bad relationship, and I think that, that it would evolve into a very good and healthy relationship. I rest my fucking case. <laughs> I think you've made a very, very good argument. I think also I've made quite a strong argument. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm sweating in a courtroom right now. I feel like, I'm, like someone needs to be banging their gavel, like, order, order. <laughs> okay, and listeners, you're the jury. Who's right? <laughs> you can decide. Oh, God. This has definitely been, like, the meatiest, most passionate single float we've ever had. Which makes sense, because it is the fucking, like, primary <laughs> romantic story in the series. Jesus. I think, I, yeah, I've exhausted all my arguments. I can't talk anymore. What, what about you? Yeah, I'm good. That was my final God. argument. I saved it to the end for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that Harry would have had a healthier and happier relationship with people other than Ginny is the crux of it. Man, I just... The only person that springs to mind is Luna. Yeah, obviously. Obviously I ship Harry and Luna. I think they should have ended up together. I have a soft spot for Harry and Luna, but I also think, like... Like, this is a different fucking argument, but this is different fucking shit. Yeah, But I also think, like... We specifically try not to talk about other ships in single flight episodes, because it's impossible. You can't do it that way. I won't do it. If it comes up in the fucking, um... What are we doing? Quick fires? If it comes off the quick fires... Quick fire. We're definitely yeah. going to mention... We're going to do a quick fire sink or float as well of the final ships yeah. we didn't I'll get I'll do to. a quick fire TLDR to why I think I would prefer Ginny over Luna mm-hmm. for his particular context. So I'll do that Okay. Later. Oh, that's all right. I'll do a quick why Luna is better than Ginny then. Good. Perfect. <laughs> da, da, da. I wash my hands of this nonsense. <laughs> we're done here. Wow. Okay. Well, I have been Jem... And oh my god, my brain hurts a lot. But um, yeah, I think I think Ginny and Harry should have been together, and that was good actually to accept your fate. <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I was about to say I've been Luna. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Rhea, and I think that it's very telling that you have to discount the entirety of one of the primary sources of Harry Potter canon, the movies, to make any sort of sensible argument that Harry should have ended up with his primary love interest. I think you've forgotten that we established those aren't canon, they're an interpretation. Yeah, I established that they're not canon. You said they are canon. (laughs) No, I said they're canon as long as they follow the books. All the moments between Harry and Ginny are not in the books. Oh, that's right. I did just re-listen to that episode. That is your argument. So, get fucked. (laughs) I've been Rhea, and fantasy relationships should stay fantasy. (laughs) This is the real world, Harry. Grow up and get together with Luna. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.